God is not devoid of power. So it literally is going to empower you. So you have to go through that season of that testing and, 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 you know, and the persecution coming because of the word. It's empowering you. You're being empowered. message trouble before triumph and first timothy 6 and verse 12 says to fight the good fight of faith right there's a good fight that good fight is of faith there's a good fight of faith that we're called to fight which means there are other fights that we're not called to fight there are other battles we're not called to fight but there is a good fight say good fight of faith and I'm going to fight the good fight. So 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you, were made your good, when you made your good and perfect confession in the presence of many witnesses. The confession being the word of God being confessed out of your mouth. Amen? You cannot fight the good fight of faith until you know the truth. That's like people saying, well, just believe. And they go, yeah, I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm going to hope and I'm going to believe. Just hope and believe. On what? On just hope and belief? You're going to hope and believe on the word of God. You can't fight a, the good fight of faith unless you know the truth of his word. John 8, 32. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We've been set free because the truth sets us free. How many of you guys stand on the word of God? And when you, when you started standing on the word of God, maybe for a loved one or a situation, you're standing. And it's, it's like that mountain that it hasn't really moved or it hasn't moved completely. But you stand on that word of God and it seems like it has gotten worse before it actually became better. Persecution comes because of the word. Persecution actually comes because you're standing on the word. You thought, some of you, I'm standing on the word. Why is this happening? Persecution comes because you're standing on the word. That doesn't mean that we stop standing on the word, but that just means that the trouble comes before the triumph. Mark 4 and 17, it says, but since they have no root, talking about the different soils, different types of soil in your heart, different hearts. Since they have no root, they only last a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word. So some people, because when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. They quickly fall away. Now, that's not the good heart, right? There are other conditions in the heart, three other ones, um, that are the attitude of our heart. They fall away because the persecution they felt was too much, but how do you know that if you just hung on, that right after that last persecution would have been your victory, and you fell, and you or you stopped believing, you you just quit, whatever it was, and you missed out on the full blessing of God? Say that's not going to be me. 
persecution comes because I'm standing on the word. So devil, I know this. We know this truth. And we're not going to change our way of thinking or our mode of operation. We're going to keep our confession coming forth out of our mouth. When you don't keep your confession coming forth out of your mouth, then what happens is, is that, that there's literally like some steps backwards in our life. Our confession, meaning that the scriptures that you're standing on, you know, the, the affirmations that you're standing on have to be confessed, have to be spoken every day. You miss a day, you miss two days, guess what? You start getting weaker and the enemy starts to take an advantage. He starts to take advantage just to move closer. So it takes discipline to literally speak forth those confessions, right? Not in a ritualistic way. Not in a way that says, oh, I have to do that. But making sure that based and led by the Spirit of God, that you are letting your mouth speak the confessions of his word. Amen? So persecution comes because of the, of the, of the word's sake. What you believe will be contradicted. The enemy tries to contradict you. He tries to oppose that word. But you must always remember that the contradiction is not superior to the promise. You may see the contradiction. You may see that opposition, but it's not superior to the promise. So when you speak the word, the word of God, or a confession, an affirmation, something that's biblical, You've sat with the Lord. He's told you, I want you to confess this. I want you to speak this, right? And you, you get that word and you start speaking it. When you start speaking that, it comes out of your mouth. That word goes out of your mouth. It alerts demonic powers and principalities. I want you to see what's going on in the spiritual realm, that which you can't see sometimes, right? It alerts demon powers, the word, because they know the word. The devil knows the word, just doesn't obey it. So literally they're being alerted. Because you're, you're decreeing the truth. You're standing on the truth, right? So you're standing on the truth. Demonic powers and principalities are alerted of what is coming. Oh, we know that the word says that God is watching over his word to perform it. Jeremiah 1.12. They're speaking forth the word. They're speaking forth the word. We know what's going to happen if they keep speaking that word. We've got to stop them from speaking that word. Do you see the strategies of the enemy? We got to stop them from speaking that word. We got to discourage them. We got to we got to turn up the heat so that they quit. So that they go, you know what? This is making it worse. I think I need to chill out and not be so radical. I know. But come on. You and I both know that there are a lot of Christians that will do that. And the, and do do that. Because they don't want the heat to be turned up. And so they shy away from the battle, the good fight of faith that we're actually supposed to wage warfare with the word, right? So, so you speak the word, that confession comes out of your mouth. Demons are alerted. They go, oh, you know what? We need to stop them. We need to stop. Things get more difficult or they, sickness, disease, distraction, division, whatever, lying spirits. You know, you stop coming to church. You wonder why you're picked off. You know, that kind of all sorts of tactics that he does use, right? But bottom line is he comes to steal that word. When you stop speaking it, he just stole it. When you stop speaking your affirmations, your scriptures, when you stop day by day and you stop doing it, that he just stole it. We've got to be militant. We've got to be very determined. We've got to be good soldiers. But the word of the Lord 
goes on in Mark 4.21. It says that my word goes forth and it prospers 30, 60, 100 fold. 30, 60, and 100 fold. And it will never return unto me void when it's on good soil. When it's on good ground. And so the ground is our heart. The ground is our mind. The ground, right, is, is where God is saying, I want you to make sure that your heart is right. Yeah, but Lord, they did this, they did that, they did this, they did that. You know, I want, to, I want you to make sure your heart is right. Yeah, but Lord, didn't you see what? Yeah, but Lord, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Forget the yeah, but. Yeah. Right? Because it's not serving you at all. It's not helping you. Instead, Lord, what needs to change in me? I repent. Show me my part. How have I grieved you? See, the mature church will see, you know, the, they'll, they'll be in, in, in a situation they can't change, they can't help. Them. Prayer, obviously they pray. But as a circumstance, that they're, a circumstance they're currently in and say, Lord, even though I was sinned against, how can I repent? What is my area that I need to own up to? You want to walk in the greater glory of God? So then we need to be holy. We need to walk holy. That's what this is all about, is to really walk holy, guys. guys. It's so important, and God will help you. He'll help you. He's right there. He's saying, I just want you to just say yes to me. I'm going to help you the whole way. I never leave you. I don't leave you alone, but this is, this is, the, this is the road. This is the road to really increase. So we get to take heed and to the word of God, knowing that we are going to bear good fruit when we keep our, our mouth speaking the word of truth and when we keep the soil of our heart softened to receive that word and to speak it back out. So your condition may be a fact. It may be a fact that you fell and you have, and you have to you know, use this thing. It may be a fact, but it's not the truth. The truth is not subject to what you're facing today. The truth is God's word. It's not subject to what you encountered or what you faced that's not of God. The truth not only sets you free, but the truth equips you. The truth will cause you to rise up as bold and as a roaring lion. The truth will. There is a praise that God wants to lift up and out of your own spirit. And he is doing that for many, many people. But we have to be able to say, Lord, let your truth well up in me and well out of me. Because I'm not going to allow some fact to dictate my life when I have truth. So John 8, 31. And it says, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him. So he's talking to people that believed him. Believers. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. In my word. We have a culture that tries to remove the word of God, and they just want worship. They want the cool worship with lights and everything else. They want the cool worship. They want a worship encounter, and they want a very soft, light message. And don't go and talk about any current, any current events or, or any... Um, compromises to the word that is happening all around us. Don't start talking about sin. sin. Don't start talking about how that's wrong. This is wrong and that's wrong. Don't start talking about that. They want a light message. 
that they can, they, can, they can keep on doing what they've been doing and call themselves a Christian. And some of you know people that say, I love God, but I don't read his word because it's outdated. But I love God. Does anybody other than me know people that have said this to your face? Yeah, not, not a lot of you, but a few of you, which is, well, you know what? Get ready, because you're going to hear more and more people speak these kinds of things to your face. I believe God. I love God, but I don't read the word. How are you going to love God if you do not read his word? He says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. We're not talking just the Ten Commandments. Well, I've got to memorize we're talking about the whole word, right? And yes, he is the word. He is the living word. He is the walk. He's walking and living within us. Look at this scripture, John 8, 31. Jesus said to believers, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. To abide is to continue. It's to remain. It's to dwell. It's to tarry. It's to endure. To endure. To endure, church. You're called to endure. You're called to work those muscles. You're called to endure. You're not called to quit. You're not called to be weak. He didn't, Jesus is not coming back for a weak church. He's coming back for a strong, bold church that is radical that is ready to do what he's called you to do continually forever into eternity he's not calling a, a, a weak church he's calling a bold church boldness starts with submission boldness starts with humility and then boldness then continues on to be one that is righteous as he is righteous he calls you your righteousness is his not your own your righteousness is his to be set apart and to be bold unto him. Church of God, do you understand what I'm saying? We have to be on fire. You're going to be on fire for something. It might as well be the love of God. It might as well be the word of God. It might as well be the power of God. In him. To abide in Jesus is to continually, day by day, walk as one with him. And the Lord gave me this word regarding abiding. And he said, seamless. And if you watched any of the online teachings this week that I did, spoke about this seamless seamless so when you have a garment that is made on a certain bias you can actually make that garment and it be seamless I was raised up sewing my mom was a seamstress and so she I would watch her sew all the time and she would give me these little well they would fall over the ground she didn't need them she'd cut them off and then here they are and then I would make I would make doll clothes and stuff for my dolls with these little pieces of material. They were fun. Um, but see, so I knew there, there, you could, there are garments you can make, but you have to make them on a bias so that there's no seam. When there is no seam, it's not easily torn. When there is a seam, you've got two ends that have been joined together by stitches, but it can be easily torn right in that spot. That's why the Lord gave me the word seamless. No seam. No seam. You can't tell where it began. You can't tell where it ended. That's our walk with Christ. That's how we are to walk with Christ. That's how we are to abide. Seamless. You can't tell where it begins. You can't tell where it ends. 
Because when they see you, they're to see Christ in you, right? So it's a goal, isn't it? It's a good goal that we all may, could have to literally walk in the fullness of this. Amen? In finishing with John 8, 31, you are not disciples until you start in his word. You may have just said the sinner's prayer. You may have just gotten saved. You're not my disciple until you start in my word. If you're not following him because you're not reading him, his word, then you're not a disciple. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about a disciple is something that is made as you say yes to the Lord. Now, Lord, I don't want to just say yes and barely get in. Some people are okay with just barely getting in by the skin of their teeth, referring to heaven. Right? But instead, God says, I want to make you disciples, and then you need to go and make and be fishers of men. So seamless. This is the this is the calling. We have to go deeper. That's who we are, that's what God has done. You can't expect this kind of a move of the spirit and not expect that your life is going to require something more than maybe what you gave last week, last year. But when your life requires something more. It doesn't even feel like more most of the time. It might sometimes because you, you fall in love with him so much that you gladly and you ask, what else can I give you, Lord? What else can I give you? What else can I give you, Lord? So that's not the common everyday OC church, but it should be. It should be because it's what God is requiring of all of us. There's coming a day where it's going to be very, very clear who truly is a, a disciple and who isn't. There's coming a day where it's going to be very, very evident those that are on fire and are willing to stand for what they believe and are not going to succumb to fear. They're not going to succumb to lies, but they are so strong in the truth of God's word and totally, completely dependent upon him that no matter what, they even, even if my life is required of me, that my life would be given. But I will not change and I will not falter from this position of a disciple in Christ. Of course, it's going to cost you something. Joseph was sold as a slave because his brothers were jealous. It cost him something, right? He had a prophetic dream. And he had his father's favor. Guys, he had a prophetic dream, actually more than one. And then he had his father's favor. His father favored him, gave him the coat of many colors, created a lot of jealousy. But when he shared his dream, when he started to speak the word, then persecution came because of the, because of the word. Then he became, then the persecution hit because he started to speak truth. Psalm 105, verse 17 and 19. You know, when I preach, I, there's, a, there's, there's something that I expect. Well, because God expects it. So I'm not just going to preach, you know, rah, rah, rah. I'm actually calling you to come up higher. I'm calling you to live deeper, sold out. There is an expectation from God. He just happens to be using me as a vessel, but it, the expectation comes from God. So it's not going to be this rah, 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 ha hallelujah, every, you know. There's something you have to do, something that is required. But that's something that is required if you just allow him to work in you will produce his beautiful, glorious presence like he says so in his word. Psalm 105, 
verse 17 and through 19. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. Until the time. So there is a time span of the persecution. There is a time span when he first spoke that word. Hey, look, I'm favored. Hey, I got the coat of many colors. Hey, look, listen to my dreams. Can I tell you my dreams? Spoke the word out. Everything then happened. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of God that he has promised you will come to pass. But don't quit in the middle just because the persecution got a little tough. Don't quit in the middle just because the heat was turned up. That persecution is because you're standing on the word. Sometimes you go, oh, okay, Lord, you know, you know, search my heart, search my heart. God searches your heart. There's nothing else that you can possibly, you know, you spend hours, right? And God is like, get up. Stop doing what I'm not doing anymore. In other words, you have been forgiven. You have, you've repented. You have already asked, is it this in me? Is this, is this not right? What's wrong with me? Hey, there's a point in that. I already said it. I mentioned it. That's where we start. But if you're stuck there and that's all you ever say, and you just continue to just, you know, be these navel gazers, you're just like constantly looking within, constantly looking within, constantly looking within, constantly. You can't even see out, right? And God is saying, stop. Stop. That persecution is not because of sin in your life anymore. It is because you're standing on truth. It's because of the word. It's because you're, you're a diehard for Jesus. That's why the persecution is coming. And then you go, wow. And I thought it was still me. It's okay. But it's time to get up and go, no. Because that's also a tactic of the enemy so that you miss what God is truly doing. We don't want to miss what God is truly doing because you're still stuck in a place of just repenting. As important as repenting is. We have to, once God forgives you, get up and stand on that word. And then realize that persecution is because you're not going to let go of his truth. So Joseph, he was persecuted. And it says, until the time of his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. So the word of the Lord will test you. So be it. It's okay. Because you know what? God is faithful to his word. And every promise is yes and amen in him. Yeah. It's in him. How about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. Persecution hit when the three Hebrew teenage boys did not bow to that king statue. They didn't bow and persecution hit, right? Yeah. They were thrown in the fire that was heated seven times stronger. Tell me that's not persecution. But there was that fourth man in the fire. Even in the fire, there was that fourth man in the fire. They were spared, right? In Daniel chapter 3, they were spared. But even if they weren't spared, what was their confession? No matter what, you know what? No matter what, whether he saves us from this fire or even through this fire, we will not bow our knee. We will not bow. We will not change our confession in Christ. We will not shift. We will not, we will not compromise. Amen? Daniel was told to stop praying in Daniel chapter 6. He was told to stop praying to his God. But he did not do it. We know the story. He didn't do it. So persecution, again, hit because of the word. I'm just trying to reiterate this point. Persecution sometimes will hit because you're standing on the word of God. 
Don't let it take you by surprise. And, and don't let the devil deceive you and think you're doing something wrong when you're not. If you are doing something wrong, then get it right. But if you're not doing something wrong and you've asked God to search your heart, realize that persecution is because you're standing firm on solid ground. And you're not going to shift. And you're not going to go backwards. And you're not going to let that tactic of the enemy deceive you and trick you and think that it was something other than what it really was. It's persecution because of standing on God's word. So Daniel, was, he was praying, and he didn't stop. Persecution was, you know, hit him too. He was thrown into the lion's den. But God sent an angel to shut their mouth. The mouths of the angels, right? He's, I'm sorry, the mouths of the lions. He sent, he sent that angel. Daniel 6 and in verse 20, says, When he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. This is the king. And um, the king spoke unto Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from those lions? Has God been able? <laughs> because you clearly don't know him. Has God been able? Yes, of course he's able. And so he says, Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions so they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. You are found innocent before him when you stand on the word of God and don't allow the world to bring in mixture. You're found innocent in his presence and you're going to keep that word coming forth out of your mouth. Amen. Yeah, the word says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him to deliver them. And this is Psalm 34, 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, those who are in awe of him. And he says to deliver. There's an end. There's an, an end. Unto what? Unto what? What's the result? To deliver them. God is your deliverer. God is your deliverer. And he will deliver you. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their trouble. Out of all their trouble, Psalm 34, 17. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. When we walk uprightly, God says, I will not withhold anything good. If it's good, it's not going to be withheld. Say, if it's good, it's mine. Because God's going to give it to me. Psalm 84, 11, right? So truth empowers you to prevail. You shall know the truth and it will set you free. Truth empowers you to literally prevail because the word of God is not devoid of power. So it literally is going to empower you. So you have to go through that season of that testing and, 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 you know, and the persecution coming because of the word. It's empowering you. You're being empowered. You're being strengthened. Just keep it coming forth out of, your mouth, out of your mouth. And you may say, but I can't remember it. Write it down. Write it down and speak it out. Don't use that as an excuse because the devil knows that true. You know how I many He knows that too. You know how many people come to me and tell me that? I can't remember it though. I can't remember it. I'm not understanding what I read. Write it down and read it. And read it again. And look in the mirror and read it again. And start preaching it to yourself. Look in the mirror and preach it to yourself. That same word. Yes, that same word. No good thing. No good thing. No good thing. That means absolutely not one good thing is he going to withhold from me. Not one good thing because I walk uprightly. Because if you walk uprightly with the Lord, he's not going to, not one thing will be withheld. 